This week on Nexium Marketing, I spoke with Radha Subramanian, President and Chief Research and Analytics Officer at CBS. Radha and I talked about what it's like for big media companies right now having all these new sources of data coming at them and why it's probably wishful thinking that the industry will settle on a single new or old currency. Radha also surprised me a little bit when she spoke about why some of the newer metrics companies may be overstating just how many people have cut the cord while potentially missing large chunks of the U.S. that still get TV over the air. I think you'll find the conversation very illuminating, so let's get into it. Everything we know about the media, marketing, and advertising business is being completely upended thanks to technology and data. We're talking with some of the top industry leaders as they steer their companies through constant change. Welcome to Next in Marketing. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Next in Marketing. My guest this week is Radha Subramanian. She's the President and Chief Research and Analytics Officer at CBS. Hey, Radha. Thanks for being here. Good to see you as always, Mike. Thanks for doing this. Okay, so lots to talk about, but I think it probably makes sense to help people just understand who you are, what you do, um, because I think you have a pretty unique, interesting interesting role that's probably different than it was a bunch of years ago, these kind of what people thought of as a research person at a big network. Uh, so just maybe let's talk about what you do. What's your role? Thanks for uh, starting with that, because I think it is an important opportunity to sort of reset the role of the researcher or the analytics lead and uh, put it in larger context, right? Um At the simplest, um, it's being the voice of the consumer. It's staying close to them and really understanding what she's all about today, whether it's in the U.S. or globally, depending on uh, what you work on, um, and bringing that voice in. And then that manifests in several different ways, right? It manifests in the counting of audiences and measuring um, of viewing, uh, to oversimplify Mm -hmm. it. It also um, manifests in... um, in attribution and measuring the impact of marketing. Um, And it ultimately goes back to things like renewal decisions. So um, the role of the insights and analytics leader today, even more than it's ever been, is to be a very close partner and advisor to the CEO and ensuring that ultimately all decisions that get made are made in a data-led, data-centric way and keeping the consumer at the core of every decision. Um, I imagine, that's just really interesting that you said that you're advisor to the CEO. Because my impression, and this is probably very dated, of you used to think of the research people were the the folks behind the scenes that would help the salespeople put stuff in their deck. Here's a bunch of ways you can say you're leading in 18 to 49 somewhere and like that was it. And it's probably was never that easy, but it sounds like it's a much more high profile and complex role than it was maybe five, 10 years ago. So what I will say is a lot of pieces of this did exist, but they existed in um, a fragmented sense, right? So there were people who did exactly what you described, um, embedded closely in the ad sales function. There were other people who were closely embedded in the programming function or the digital function. I think what's evolved and morphed over the last few years is a couple things. One is we're no longer simply defined by methodology. You don't just have a big data person or a primary research person. I mean, you do in some cases, but I think of it as a dated model, Hmm. right? Um, And I think um, from the operating of companies, we've also tried to um, look at all revenue sources and all content sources together rather in simply in silos because ultimately we're uh, we use data to make decisions right not just what an advertising shows, or, 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 or you not or just advertising yeah. 
Um, I mean, there's advertising, which is very critical and important. There is the subscription business, which is very critical and important. But it all starts and ends with content, because if you don't have great shows, you don't have anything. Right. None of us are in business, right? Um, and honestly, even if we were in business, it would be a very different and less fun business. So it all comes back to content. Um, and that's why most of us get out of bed every day. It's to help put great shows in American homes and to figure out the best monetization and execution strategies right. against those. For me, it's actually the dog, but and also all, the, all those other things in terms of why I get up. That too, that too. The dog, of course, takes priority over pretty much anything. Um, okay, so... I want to I want to talk about a couple of things. This your job sounds like like I said it's probably it's very wide ranging. It's not in one lane. Is there a part like right now? My assumption is that your job is because it's in the air and so much news about it. It's all about figuring out this new for, new currency for television, figuring or it's figuring out what we do with CTV and what kind of numbers we should and shouldn't use for advertising. Maybe it's also about attribution. Is it? All of those things, like what is your life about right now? And what is, what is consuming you if there, if there is one thing? Right. I mean, I wish our lives were so simple that we could just focus on one thing or be obsessed about one thing. Uh, but let me unpack that a little bit, right? So right now, today is August. We are a few weeks away from the fall season. Right. Um, and the biggest priority is to make sure we have the biggest, best shows out there. Um, in any way the consumer wants to consume them, whether it's linear, CTV, VOD, or something right. else. Um, and then um, on the back end, it's in counting up all of those expressions of content because there's not a single system that just spits it out, right? That's what the team does. That's what the um, that's what we thread together every single day and report on. But if I zoom out even more, the bigger job is to sort of help figure out what goes to which platform when, um, with what cadence, um, and, uh, and what the best monetization opportunities are. As you know, there are things that are best direct to consumer. There are things that are best in an ad-supported environment, and even ad loads vary depending on platform and enterprise. So I would say that um, we are 100% about counting all the impressions. We are also 100% uh, about making sure that our marketing efforts, as well as the marketing efforts of our partners, um, are landing appropriately um, and right. But again, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I'm going to say it's all about content first mm -hmm. and making sure it gets the best home. Okay. So on the, um, that's it. I didn't, maybe I didn't expect you to, I, 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 it makes sense that you are focusing on your marketing and trying to figure out to make the, to make the most of your, you want to blow out the fall and let everybody know about the key shows. I guess my assumption was when you, when the fall shows hit, you've, you've, you've already figured out everything goes live on all the platforms at once. And, and that's that, but it's not, it's still not, it's still more complicated than I may, than, I may realize in terms of windowing and uh, the, the different partnerships and what you can allow or not allow. Can you, can you maybe talk a little bit about why that is the way it is? Yeah, so I'll actually talk very practically uh, since you're a marketer and I'm a marketer in you know, a sense and, and really focus sort of on the marketing aspects of things, which is marketing a few years ago was much simpler. You dropped it. And it landed and, you know, the same could be true of a movie, could be true of a TV sure. show, could be true of something else. And then it's sustained and you moved on to the next thing you had to launch, right? right? Discovery, 
of products, services, and indeed content is very different today. Different consumers consume shows differently, as we all know, but also discover them differently, right? Some people, and the vast majority perhaps, still uh, look forward to um, and find them early in the fall season, but it really doesn't end with September 21st or whatever the launch date is. We have seen shows build and grow yep. over the course of a season. And a great example of this is Ghost, right? Ghost had a great start, but it built. And it built in the second half of its first season. And we hope it's going to build into its second season. So the arc of a show um, can be a little bit different. It could be something that blows up in the second half of a first season. It could be something like Yellowstone that keeps building and then, you know, blows up in season three or mm -hmm. four. And none of that is simply natural. Yes, there's natural and organic and all of that, but it's also very hard won and hard crafted in terms of the marketing, the messaging, and the placement, and making available um, shows at the right time at the right cadence. So uh, what I will say, Mike, is that um, you're not wrong. It's just more, it's become much more nuanced in the last five years or so. Okay. Um I can, I can, I almost feel like I can answer this question for you right now, but I, but it's, um, I'll, I'll ask you, I'll just, I'll ask it as an open-ended thing is what is your biggest pain point right now as a researcher? So a lot of people come look at and look at this world right now in terms of pain, right? I look at it in terms of opportunity. I think we're actually in a really, really important and exciting time, um, in measurement. So I love the competition. I love that there are so many people uh, trying to make sense of a world that is indeed complicated. And this comes across to many people as pain, right? Oh my God, I got all these things yeah, coming uh, at me. Yeah, that's a nightmare. I got the VOD numbers and I got new numbers here and I don't know how to pull it together. What do I do with that? It's hard. It sounds like really hard. I think we yeah. need a psychological shift. <laughs> I think we need to embrace opportunity. And I think we have an opportunity to own our own narrative, right? We've had some kind of report card somewhere, right or wrong, that we've all had to live with and tells us if we're a success or a failure, right? Um, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's grading um, at its most um, basic right. level, but we have the opportunity now to say, hey, when you grade, this is inflated, this is undercounted, you can actually have that dialogue and you have multiple sources um, that you can vet as truth sets. And I will say this, and I'm, I sound very different than many of the analytics leaders out there, I don't think I'm in pain. I think I'm an opportunity. I think the teams are thriving because we have a chance to really know and perhaps be the only people who really know what's going on with our content and our measurement and being able to lead the measurement providers um, into greener pastures. Because I will tell you this quite factually, right? I know exactly what's going on with each show and the viewing of each show. Uh, yes, it may take us a lot of uh, slog and a lot of work to get there, but we have a very, very good handle of things. Where you, where you might not have had that in the past. Yeah. You had a, you had like a, a decent amount of information, but not this exactness that you're describing. Exactly. And again, to me, it's all opportunity and it's an opportunity to lead the marketplace. And I want to pick up on the point you just made. I'm not, I'm not in the past. It wasn't that Nielsen or Comscore ever wasn't open to conversations, but is it different now that you're saying like you can actually lead these new vendors 
and help build this models together versus just having to accept whatever's numbers or whatever grades are coming in? Yeah. So what I will say is we're in deep conversation with many of the emerging players, and it's very much a partnership, uh, not simply a vendor-client relationship. And many of the people you see in the press today are people we at CBS have been working deeply with for three or four years. So there are many things they know, right? And there are many things that they're good at. But there are many things that we know and are good at and are bringing them along um, to understand. Right. And their products and services are morphing as we engage them in this understanding. So I'm just going to give you all of this is like a lot of fancy words and a lot of talk. But I'm just going to give you practical sure. examples, right, of how this manifests. So we've been leading the industry because we have a ton of research on this on what we call OTA, the over-the-air consumption, um, homes that don't necessarily have broadband in a traditional sense, homes that go uh, mobile first and still have some kind of over-the-air offering, which is clearly at least in about 20% um, of this country and heavily skewing Hispanic uh, and so on. So we have been, I would say, vital in educating the various measurement providers out there about the importance of OTA and OTA measurement and helping bring them along so that we don't leave a lot of these underserved audiences um, on the table. And I will give you the opposite example as well, which is, um, you know, over-the-air viewers are undercounted, but also um, the homes that are purely broadband only mm -hmm. or streaming only have been- The Cord Nevers or the young people that have bailed- yeah, they've been overrepresented in a lot of huh. data sets, right? They're obviously data sets that are purely on big data overrepresent them. And again, we have a ton of research um, that shows that that number is also closer to the 20% range than anything else. Not 30, it's not 36, it's not 40, as you'll see in some of the data sources. So what you really have factually is a world of 2020, uh, not that terrible year. <laughs> 2020 would really the you know 20% are OTA roughly give or take right 20% is the broadband only number so some things are overstated some things are understated and it's our job to help emergent players as well as established players bring these facts to the marketplace because we can't have samples just become convenient samples right you know, you can't have BBO be 40 just because it's easy to get BBO at 40. That's an underservice and underrepresentation of audience and a an misleading uh, path to advertisers. So we really see ourselves as um, spending a lot of time, money and energy in, in assessing truth and bringing that truth um, to any measurement provider who wants to play in this. So space. that's unexpected because I think and you make it. You led my mind to a place I didn't think it was going to go. The um, there's a there's a lot of talk. Well, we're if in measurement broadly, we're in television. I mean, we're we're either going totally. We're the old way is panels. The new way is census. Census implies we get everybody. We get every impression. We're covered. It sounds like you're saying that maybe some of the like we're. Some of this, this idea that census, census data is going to be comprehensive is maybe misleading because of all those folks you mentioned, the OTA people. Is that 
the right way to think about what you're saying? So we have been 100% public and on the record saying that the future is a combination of panels and census. There's a role for big data, um, and there's, there's a role for data sets that offer some kind of truth set or normalization. We will also say that the panels as they exist today are far too small to do that job well, right? right? We all, and um, you know, you and I, I think, met through OpenAP yes. and... Open ID and that context. Um, what we're trying to do is really bring, you know, uh, on the one hand, bring the temperature down, get everything off boiling point because nothing, no good cooking happens when everything's at a boiling mm -hmm. point, right? A lot more cooking happens in the mid level. Uh, that's seven on your little electric stove. Right. Um, and so, what we are trying to say is, um, there's a role. Big data obviously has a role. Big data and sensors have value and role and get to a degree of granularity and return path and so on. But they are not representative of the entire universe. And we need to normalize them. On the other hand, I will be just as explicit in saying existing panel providers are also severely limited. And a lot of their mm -hmm. limitations became apparent during COVID. So the right path forward, and I don't think uh, most people will disagree if you actually get them, um, uh, you know, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, is that the future requires both. Um, and what's really exciting about today, there's not just one path to the future. There are a lot of people playing um, in the hybrid space. There are a lot of opportunities for normalization. There are a lot of opportunities with big data. And I love partnering with teams like OpenAP and David Levy because I do feel we bring a very mature, adult, rational uh, perspective to this and just want to do the right thing and measure the right, right things. Okay, let's take a break. I'm back with OpenAP CMO, Brittany Slattery. Brittany, as TV measurement goes through these huge changes, one of the big themes we keep hearing about is the importance of data fidelity, especially as brands are likely to be using multiple sources of data to measure campaigns. Is that driving OpenAP to push new products focused on data consistency? Mike, there's no shortage of data available to marketers today. And as we'll hear from Rada, TV advertising is now operating in a world with multiple currencies and where the measurement and billing don't need to be intrinsically tied. This change has spurred innovation, but if not carefully managed, it can lead to more fragmentation at a time when marketers need to understand the holistic impact of their campaigns and they need confidence in the data. That's why the work OpenAP has done to create solutions like the OpenID Identity Spine are so important. With OpenAP, regardless of whether you're using an advanced or a demographic audience, we create that audience as a set of OpenIDs that can be used for targeting and measurement. We then unify delivery across all publishers, across all screens, and across all buy types by resolving that data to the consistent ID spine. And as a result, we're helping understand not just how many people were reached, but who was reached across screens and giving that confidence in data. All right, sounds great. Thanks, Brittany. Now back to Rada. I want to get into some of the points you mentioned about what we, what we just we talked about, the open AP event and the advanced advertising, where it's going. But one, one thing I do, because there you made me think of this, there was a report, I think it was last week, that, you know, there's been, like you mentioned, lots of reports coming out about how big the streaming only audience is. And that's like where the, the dominoes are falling and linear is going down. Um, and I think there was a report last week that streaming now for the first time, for the first month ever was larger than over the air television. So I think, do we, do we all read those and connect the dots and go overboard with 
that's over. We, we, we dismiss this audience that we don't think about a whole lot. It's like, oh, that's, you know, like those are old people, those are rural, whatever. Like, do we kind of over get caught up in that a little bit? I think we absolutely undercount and undervalue linear, right? And I, and I can tell you one story that is not written about very often, uh, but it also happens to be factually true, which is our ratings are up year over year. This summer is, you know, even stronger than last summer. And last, last summer was nothing to, mm. um, you know, poo-poo on. So I do think a lot of these stories, and I speak from a CBS perspective, right? The biggest um, uh, media network out there, number one for the 19 of the last 20 years. Um, we are doing incredibly well, and we are a growth story that doesn't no, get right. told off. Right. Our ranks get told often. We are number one, quite clearly, but um, our growth story doesn't get told often enough. So I don't want to comment on that specific um, art set of articles or that specific data set, because there are a lot of issues in that data set that you and I don't have time mm -hmm. to go into um, on this call. That could be a call unto itself, Mike. Um, but I will say that the value of linear, the value of broadcast, the tonnage, right, um, doesn't get told enough. And the fact, you know, if you want to reach uh, a lot of people in a very short amount of time and have a big product drop or a yeah. big movie opening, you know, broadcast is critical to that. And I don't think that gets told. But I also don't want uh, to put out this narrative of broadcast versus streaming, right? Because that's simply not how we right. operate. That's not how the leadership operates. The operate We operate from the point of view of we will make everything available to the consumer the way she wants it. And there are some people who will consume it bod or streaming, but there are plenty of people who will consume it differently. Um, and we are here to serve them all. Uh, but I do think that, um, you know, CBS remains, uh, we do well enough, but I think, you know, even more of the shiny tail could be told. Yeah, which, which that kind of drives with what we see in the market where there's almost been this pull, like we all went crazy, like we're, every company needs to blow up its old business and go all in and streaming and that's it. And now we're seeing, you know, with Warner and you guys that no, this is a multi-product offering to serve lots of different audiences and that's going to make, make a lot of people make a lot of money and make and serve a lot of audiences for a long time, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, I think, let, let's be clear, right? Like, the world has a place for AVOD and SVOD and what they call SAVOD, which is a word I learned in Cannes, <laughs> which is a subscription, subscription ad-supported VOD. But my point is that... Um, uh, there are a lot of different people in this mm -hmm. world. And by the way, it's not just in the U.S., it's globally as well. Uh, there are plenty of people who need a lower price point or need a pure AVOD offering, right? Sure. So the world is a nuanced place. And I think that often um, people are looking for simplicity of narrative, all this or all that. Yes. But, you know, this is the real world. It's not all this or all that. Right. It's some of this and some of that. And our job as leaders is to figure out the right mix and to figure out the right investment opportunities. But I don't think, you know, unlike two, three years ago, anyone will say you have to be only this. Yeah, or only right. That. Interesting. OK, I want to make sure we I keep keep hinting at this. I want to get into some of the themes you, you've mentioned here um, at that open AP summit. I keep referring to and can. There's a lot of talk about this, like for the future, for advanced television advertising to really work data fidelity is everything like it's almost got to be like the price of doing business the only way that you can drive business success 
Can you maybe yeah. kind of get into that, that idea of data fidelity being kind of everything for the future? Of course. Um, and our friend Joanna, whom you reference in some of your podcasts, was with us in Cannes. Yes. Um, and she too was using this example. And we, let's start with sort of, you know, old school digital, right? Let's just start with display and all the old school uh, ways of looking at digital because we had a lot of learnings uh, from that experience, right? And one big learning was census is not always right. Um, even when there's a high degree of targeting, we've seen ad campaigns where they only get gender right 15% right. of the time. So the accuracy in that case of targeting is the same as a coin toss. So what I'm saying is we all continue to learn and evolve, right? And I think that, that those, um, those effects get compounded when we look at people of color, mm -hmm. when we look at LGBTQ, when we look at some of... Uh, my point is there are a lot of learnings and a lot of lessons, but I'm going to tie this back to um, you need big data, you need census, but you also need what are called truth sets. Uh, and they can come in the form of panels or something else. And our friends at OpenAP have OpenID and they work with um, TruthSet, they work with TransUnion, uh, they work on getting both advanced advertising and targeting right, as well as getting demographic expressions right. Because again, to say it's all advanced or all demographic is, you know, um, not worth speculating, uh, speculating on. So I think what we're trying to do is to make an ecosystem work where we can bring in fidelity, where we can address questions of fidelity, uh, be it race, gender, ethnicity, or advanced art, um, target of some kind, um, and have an open dialogue about it. So really, what you see in OpenAP is quite remarkable, right? Um, all of us big guys, media companies, whom you would have written about, you know, five, 10 years ago as competitors, uh, working together yeah. to make the ecosystem work, and that's remarkably different, right? Um, and because we understand that it's, uh, you know, that advertisers need it. Um, and honestly, it makes sense for a lot of us to have one set of infrastructural um, equipment, yep. um, such as the case um, of OpenAP. So what you're seeing from media companies is a high degree of maturity in being open to feedback, open to different data sources, and open to partnerships that may have been unheard of a few years. On the other side of it are the brands, and I want to—you've—you've hinted, hinted at this need for these all different kinds of data sets and sources, and not one kind of way of doing things. How do you or your your teams talk to brands about? I don't want I don't want to overstate it, but this maybe this danger of going forward. If you still build your campaigns and your the way you gauge success using proxy information, the wrong data, smaller small samples or the wrong samples. Like how do you get across the why that's so important or what they what they need to think yeah. about? So I will say that in the one-on-one -on -one discussions or the leader-to-leader -leader discussions, right? This actually goes incredibly well because I come at this from the point of view of someone who oversees and looks after our marketing analytics and data. And I will never walk into a customer trying to convince them or get them to buy something that I wouldn't feel good about um, as a marketing vehicle or a marketing uh, platform for my own dog food, um, for lack of a better term, right? So you come at this uh, from a peer-to-peer -peer learning perspective um, and, and share what you've learned. I do think that as a media sector, we have perhaps together not been vocal enough on 
um, about some of the undercounting that's mm. going on, right? The undercounting of uh, certain groups of people, um, the overstating of BBO only, the undercounting of OTA. I think we've done these well in top-to-top or one-to-one meetings, and we're also trying to do it with some cohesion through the VAB. But I take your point that, you know, we probably don't communicate about it loudly enough and clearly enough. Um, and I do hope, Mike, that our conversation together is at least one step in that direction. Oh, it's going to be for a massive step, for I believe, for, for brands and the industry. Um, on that, I, I think oh, I, want to, I want to ask you about a couple of more things on but how does this tie back to the stuff we're talking about, data fidelity and how important it is to get past proxies? I'm imagine that also must inform you guys as a, you are a direct-to-consumer company, you're a brand, you're trying to, as you said, balance between uh, trying mm-hmm. to drive consumer, uh, subscribers and advertising. How does all this affect what you're trying to do? Yeah, so um, I think that, you know, it, it's been said for a long time, but I 100% believe in the, don't let perfect be the enemy of the good, right? There are places, especially if you're doing something one-on-one, where you really need a high degree of accuracy, right? So I don't want to send an email to Mike Shields or a piece of mail to your home uh, or an offer to you that's completely off base, right? So it's really, really important to get that right. On the other hand, if I'm doing a broad-based campaign uh, using a lot of owned assets, right, mm-hmm. um, I just I have to be good, but I don't have to be perfect. If I have a few people whom I reach right. who weren't the targets, I'm right. totally You're okay. Just to tell and hey, I might so I, that's the advice or the sharing I would do with our brand partners, right? Because uh, we all talk about accuracy uh, and so on, but there are places where you sort, you know, you need to get Hispanics right in the rough pop, you know, uh, proportion of population. Mm-hmm. You need to get OTA right. You need to get BBA only right. But again, if the number is twenty and you get to eighteen or twenty-two, that's not going to make or break. Don't not a business. do it because you, you didn't nail it perfectly at this moment, at least. Exactly, but there are other places um, where you have to, especially you know, in anything one-on-one, where you have to be hyper vigilant and this just to tie it all back goes to our measurement provider um partners right especially uh, the new ones who are coming in but also the existing ones right. i think you know i keep going back to this 2020 let's not argue about whether you're going to get ota perfectly right or not because chance are that's going to change tomorrow right. but if you're in the ballpark of things that's better than and zero you're actually OTA. intentionally trying to get it right like you're at least making an effort exactly yeah. Exactly. And similarly, broadband only in the rough 20-ish, whatever, is fine. Uh, don't try and make it 50% of your homes because we know that that's just right, plain Right, right. Given all, all this we were describing, getting back to advertising again, this is another, another thing that came up at OpenAP and various events. This, you know, like, this is an industry of precedent almost, with, especially with pricing. Uh, this brand has gotten a CPM every year and small increases and that sort of Bible. We don't want to mess with that. But the way we went, the more we get this complicated, more like accurate p- picture of consumers and the, the value of me of ad exposures, are we going to, are we going to see like a complete reset of the value of media space across television and all, all its forms? Here's what I'll see without getting into the transactions and the yeah. negotiations and so on. I will say that big media, big broadcasters, um, at this moment, uh, are probably undervalued. 
Uh, they may not be equally undervalued by everyone, but I don't think all brands um, yet completely understand, especially D2C brands, right? The value. But if you want to go from a niche to a mainstream brand, if you want to yeah. be a, a name in every American household, you need broadcast. So I will say that without, you know, without getting into forecasting and CPMs mm. and all of that, that my hope at the end of all of this is the value of big media and the value of broadcast media remains um, and progresses towards being even more unassailable. Interesting. Getting past that that concept of tonnage is being almost like, you know, cheap, where there's, there's, there's really, like you said, every, every one of those DTC brands that wants to graduate always goes to television and goes bigger at some point. And it works for them, yeah. right? I mean, we wouldn't be saying this if it didn't actually work, because the proof is in the pudding. Nobody wants someone, uh, nobody wants a partner's campaign to fail. Right. So we're saying that if you come to us and partner with us, uh, there's great success and great fun right. to be had. Right. I'll, I'll close it on this. Coming back to our early part in the conversation, this idea, I think we assume, outsiders at least, that um, you're, you guys are, this is such a, it's so complicated. It's so much more challenging than it used to be to buy and sell television to make sense of it, that you're going to, don't we all want something simple to emerge from this? Like there, is there going to be one thing that we lock in on someday that some, you know, what, we're all going in on this X, X vendor and they nailed it. Or, you know, we are, we figured out a cloud thing that just pulls everything together and we're set. Is that just unlikely? Is that something you are pushing towards someday? Or are we, we, overthinking that need? I would say it's wishful thinking. I understand where the desire is coming from, right? Because wouldn't it be easier if we just had the magic button that told us the answers? But it's also unrealistic. Um, so I think we are going to settle in a world of three to five currencies uh, from accounting perspective. And then attribution is going to be its own bucket and um, have its own nuance. Uh, but I think, you know, I say this a lot. I'm not waiting for a knight in shining armor. Um, you know, I'm sort of the knight, even if I'm wearing a dress and even if my armor is, you know, only in the form of shining jewels, but we're going to figure it out. Um, and we're going to figure this out with our partners in the ecosystem. And change does not have to be scary. Change can be fun. Change can be exhilarating. And change can make us all better than we thought we could be. I'm imagining the knight coming with a magic dashboard or spreadsheet that just has it all figured out. Um, Rado, we could talk about this stuff forever. There's so many interesting ways to go, but thank you so much for an in-depth conversation and hopefully we talk again soon. Thank you. Talk to you soon. A big thank you to my guest this week, Rado Subramanian, President and Chief Research and Analytics Officer at CBS, and of course, my partners at OpenAP. If you like this week's episode, please take a moment to rate and leave a review. We have lots more to bring you, so be sure to hit that subscribe button. And we'll see you next time for more on what's next in marketing.